Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a church that desires to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Sermon B-Sides is designed to be a resource to help us deepen the conversation about this week's sermon and answer questions that would be helpful to accomplish our purpose. Hey, welcome to the B-Side Podcast. My name is John Robinson, and I serve as one of the pastors here at Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And my name is Matt Luloyan, and I serve as a pastor of Liberty Church as well, and uh, good to be back for, I guess this would be the second to last B-Side podcast oh, yeah. for the spring. We're going to yeah, do man. a little break this summer. We are. A little summer in the Psalms. Summer in the Psalms. I had someone ask the other day, if, a request, I shouldn't say ask, uh, request that we, if we, on our series image and graphics for this summer, if we could spell summer with a P.S. Yeah, P.S. I, I got the same request, <laughs> probably from the same individual. Probably so. So uh, it, is being, it is being taken under careful consideration. Uh, yes. Summer in the Psalms. In the, summer, summer in the, in the <laughs> Psalms. <laughs> that's, uh, that's coming soon. We got, that is, we, that is like on our doorstep, man. Yeah. We, uh, Acts 16 yesterday. We have Acts 16, 17 this coming Sunday. Yeah. And then, um, gosh, yeah. Then we're in the Psalms for, then like for, a, three, for a couple months. Three month break. Yeah. Two month break. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. I think, man, just the way in which, like, the Psalms, I love the way that the Psalms, um, like, shepherd the heart, but also, like, kind of reveal, like, the um, the fickleness of the heart, you know, and the ways mm-hmm. in which mm-hmm. even in David and some of his Psalms, like, in a moment is, like, you know, praising God and extolling God, and then the next moment he's just, like, on this, like, woe is me, kind of, like, the downside of, of the... Uh, uh, Roller coaster. Yeah, that's know? right. I mean, so. in in uh, in modern vernacular, we would say all the feels. All the feels. The Psalms has all the feels. That's the uh, that's which is true. And there's um, yeah. I mean, in that, then there's there's camaraderie for for us, for worshipers mm-hmm. of God, followers of God, uh, in anything, in any season of life, in any yeah. um, you know the specific circumstances, of course, that David and the other psalmists uh, wrote from. But um, but many of those things applicable and transferable to the experiences that we have in our lives too. Absolutely. So it's a great Absolutely. it's a great book of worship itself, but also mm-hmm. forming us as worshipers mm-hmm. and um, camaraderie for the for the Christian life. So yeah. yeah, so we'll be doing that this summer. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, but, but we're, we'll, yes. we're still an axe. Yes, <laughs> we're still an axe. We are. We let's, haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten there yet. And uh, and we did get a question this week, and so let's jump into that real quick. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so here's the question. Uh, my question is about the circumcision of Timothy. I understand your point from the sermon about having Timothy circumcised to keep him from being a stumbling block to the Jews so that they would focus on the true gospel. My question is, if Paul was primarily going to Gentiles, wouldn't it be more advantageous to have Timothy remain like the Gentiles kind of like the poster boy, like you said, uh, so that he could reinforce to them that they needed not to be circumcised. And also to reinforce to the Jews that circumcision was not a more important consideration than faith in Jesus. Yeah, man, that's a good, it's a good question. Um, it is a fascinating instance in the book of Acts and the timing of it and the way that Luke writes it 
Mm-hmm. You know, the beginning of Acts 16 is where it talks about, you know, Paul returning to Lystra, meeting Timothy there, and then immediately circumcising him before he takes him on yeah. on the rest of the, the journey mm-hmm. to the other cities. And that follows, of course, right on the heels of Acts 15 and the Jerusalem Council, which is all about establishing that it's not required. Had 15 come before or come after 16, yeah, then we might w- be having a different conversation. That's here. true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And it's, um, you know, Luke writing this, I'm sure, with some intentionality, just kind of, he's, of course, relaying things fairly chronologically. And I think this was chronological. But, um, right. but it, it's jolting. Like the original readers of this would, you know, would be like, what? Wait, like, you, you know, Paul just fought so hard for, for circumcision to be separated from, mm-hmm. from salvation. You have to pull those two things apart. Yeah. And now he's saying, like, but for Timothy, we'll go ahead and, and I'm going to require it, essentially, sure. of yeah. him for him to join us mm-hmm. and be part of this, this team. Um, it, it's also interesting, too. So, uh, yeah, great question. I think there is a huge rational case to be made for Timothy just being the poster boy and not circumcising him. Yeah. Um, Paul does go to many Gentiles throughout his missionary journey. Um, one of the misconceptions that we have, we can have about that, uh, because it's often just taught that way. It's often just, it's often kind of presented kind of pretty clear black and white, you know, Peter goes to the Jews, Paul goes to the Gentiles. Um, but actually in the book of Acts, we see it's not quite so black and white. Um, it's actually, it's actually Peter who goes to Cornelius and the first mm-hmm. kind of official Gentile convert is yeah. through Peter's ministry, not, mm-hmm. not Paul's. Um, and Paul, his practice in almost every city that he would go to on his journeys yeah. was to go first to the synagogues. Right. Uh, he would go first to the Jewish place of worship and he would, as a Jewish man, as a Pharisee, Paul mm-hmm. was, uh, would try to implore other Jews to trust in, yeah. in Jesus. Yeah. Um, so we'll see that play out in Corinth. We'll see that play out in a bunch of cities in the, in the uh, in future chapters in, in acts. Um, so, so it still holds out as a generality that um, Paul is the missionary to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right. He's the one that's taking the gospel through the Mediterranean. He's now into Europe and Macedonia, and he's going to, he's going to have this ambition to get to Rome uh, and eventually and get Spain. there, and the desire to get to Spain, and to too. get to Spain. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And um, and most most scholars think he eventually maybe did get there. It's debated a little bit, it's but debated. it's debated. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, so there 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 is a case to be made for both. Um, probably, and this is where you know you trusting that the spirit was just guiding the decisions that they were making in these moments um, to circumcise Timothy especially knowing that they were going to be going to synagogues as the first stop on a lot of their missionary journeys would at least be a, um, a, a, an entry point for them with the Jewish people of those cities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's even some of, some of the idea of what Jesus said. Um, there's the Syrophoenician woman and that, that kind of famous instance where Jesus says, you know, like, don't give your food to the dogs, you know, and, right, and the Syrophoenician right. woman petitions him and says like, what even the dogs, dogs eat, eat crumbs, scraps, yeah, yeah. scraps from the table, mm-hmm. you know, cr- crazy moment. But her, fa- and then Jesus says, you know, your faith is as evident. I wish that I'd found that kind of faith in Israel. <clears throat> right. Jesus has whole point there being like, he is sent first to the descendants of Abraham right. and then right. to the Gentiles that there's a, to follow through the faithfulness of God's covenant. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, there's an initial, um, invitation held out to the Jews and then only when they reject it, then it goes to the, to the Gentiles. Yeah. And it seems like Paul's maybe following that model on his missionary journeys as he goes. Yeah. I I think, you know, even we see that in, in Romans, right. Romans is like 
Paul's, you know, that's his magnum his opus. That's yeah. his, yeah. yeah. Um, it's this, it's, yeah. This, it's this wonderful letter. And he says, you know, in Romans 1 16, for I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and then to the Gentile or to the Greek. That's right. And so like, there's this, um, there's this priority um, of like good news. And Paul models that priority for the good news for like, really, if you consider it from like a, uh, an evangelistic approach, he's going to the low hanging fruit. Yeah. He's going to the people who he doesn't have to go through. They like, they know the old Testament. They know the promises of God. He doesn't have to construct a faith, mm-hmm. um, in a way that like the faith is there. He's just putting the puzzle pieces together and showing them, mm-hmm. he's showing them the picture, the top of the puzzle, mm-hmm. right? He's giving them this, this idea of like, Hey, I, I can see now, um, through Jesus, he is the fulfillment. Believe this. Jesus is the fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, and then, and then going from there to, to Gentiles. I think that like when the question came in, I think you addressed this well yesterday too, Matt, but, um, yeah, I, I think it, it does linger. Like that question does linger. Like why, why was it necessary for that to happen? Mm-hmm. I think yes. Um, in to, to the, to the extent of um, this is this is Paul's um, his this is the way he does his mission his mission work right he, mm-hmm. this is the way he plants churches this is the way he, he goes about these things and so it does remove stumbling blocks and barriers it does remove questions I think we always have to go back to like this for Timothy was not a salvation issue for sure right. And so the message does not get corrupted by Timothy doing this. True. Right? Very true. And so um, this is a, I'm willing to lay down my freedoms. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to lay down, um, honestly, like my um, my liberty to not be circumcised and still be saved by grace through faith mm-hmm. um, as my... Um, yeah, as the banner that I'm, I'm waving, mm-hmm. um, willing to lay down uh, some of my freedoms and liberties for the good, for the removal of mm-hmm. any stumbling blocks that may um, that may come against us as we're trying to plant churches and see people come to faith. Mm-hmm. So we do we remove as many things as as people who are in ourselves pouring out all of the things that we would want to hold on to is mm-hmm. we would want to um, you go ahead. Like this is my Liberty. I, I get to do this. I have the freedom in Christ to do these things. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you also have the freedom in Christ to lay these things down and yeah. it doesn't take away from anything. Yeah. In addition, it may add to. Yeah. And so like there is such a humility that is modeled here, both from, uh, from Timothy primarily, who is the recipient of this circumcision mm-hmm. and getting circumcised as a man, mm-hmm. ain't, ain't no fun experience. As an adult. As yeah. an adult man. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. As a child, like there's there's moments. We've, we have four boys. There's, <laughs> there's moments and you're like, okay, I'm not going to be in the room when that happens, but sure. Yeah. Well, there's um, even biblically, there's some great examples in the Old Testament of like, you know, um, who was it? It was like, it was Judah, right? And his brothers mm. and, the, and the one, uh, well, I mean, horrible story, violated his sister, yeah. wanted to marry her. And he's like, well, you can only marry her if, if your, whole like your whole family, family is circumcised. Yeah, yeah. And then when they're like laid out for like a week yes, after that yes, is when they, like they, they go kill them, kill them all. Yeah, yeah. 
Crazy story. Cra- yeah. I mean, crazy but they're story. laid out. These warriors are laid out for a week. That's what and happens so, like, to you. That's when yeah. you're an adult. You I don't. Know? Yeah. I don't think Timothy. They're not walking to the next city the next day. No, they're hanging out for a little while. They, they're going to give his, his brother they're, some some rest. They are, and so uh, yeah. So like, there's this, there's this, there's this laying down of freedoms. It was mm-hmm. not required, which is the message. Yeah. Right. This is the message of the gospel to the Jews and to the Greeks that it's mm-hmm. not required for your salvation. Yeah. But for the good of the mission and the ministry, I'm going to lay down freedoms. This mm-hmm. is like why, like, if I entered back into like a Baptistic, you know, conference or something like that, we're probably we're probably not going to go hit up the local pub. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I will go do that when I hang out with my Presbyterian brothers. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah. And so like these are these are kind of the things that we go like I can lay down freedoms. Yeah. And liberties, and not have to like flaunt that in front of you. Totally. Uh, for the sake of your your own pursuit of God and holiness. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, and it's not a salvation issue, which is what we see here for Timothy, but it is a missional necessity. Mm-hmm. That's um, good. That's good. And 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 there's part of me thinks too, if there had been a synagogue in Philippi, mm-hmm. that Timothy at some point would have been circumcised anyway prior to that point. So like there, sure, yeah. because there, he was born to a, to a Jewish woman and a Greek Gentile man. Mm-hmm. Um, everything we, everything we get for even from Paul's later writings to Timothy, the letters to first, you know, first and second Timothy is that his, his mother and his grandmother were faithful. Like there were these faithful. faithful family lineage, at least on his mother's side. And so it, it would seem like maybe there was just this thing that probably should have happened, but didn't because of circumstances in Philippi. There wasn't a synagogue. There wasn't. There wasn't a moil. There wasn't a moil. You gotta get a moil. <laughs> Man, Robin Hood Men in Tights. That's Robin what. Robin <laughs> That's what Matt makes me think of. Oh man, um, the guillotine. The, the guillotine. Yeah, they got the, the little, little guillotine. Um, but the uh, yeah. So not having the opportunity. So yeah, not not required for salvation. If Timothy was. Um, purely a Gentile, no doubt in my mind, they would have held that line and not circumcised him. This kind of hard situation, this, this complicated situation, because he has a Jewish mother and a Gentile father, mm-hmm. the complexity of that, the fact that he'd be considered an apostate Jew by Jewish people, and that being kind of like a non-starter, if, mm-hmm. if he's the one kind of delivering something that's supposed to be faithful from God mm-hmm. as the fulfillment of all this old covenant prophecy. Um, that's probably why. I think it's interesting to note too, and this is part of the Spirit's design, you know, and and, and and trusting that the Spirit was giving Paul and Silas discernment with what to do there with Timothy. But like, it's not that long after this that they meet Luke, and Luke becomes the fourth member of their team. Mm-hmm. Luke is a Gentile, yeah. And so the fact that they don't have the poster boy in right. Timothy, they pretty quickly pick up a poster boy in Luke. And when they sure. get by yeah. the time they get to Macedonia, they've got they've got a guy on their on their team. Yeah. Who is the gen? Like they have two Jews and a Gentile, got, and they've then got the token Gentile. They've got they've got yeah, yeah two yeah. Jews, two Gentiles, and then a biracial man. They've got that's their team. Yeah. So they they do have kind of like the hey, and here we are working together for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. Um, there is that there is that primacy of you know what you referring to in Romans one sixteen that you know that out of faithfulness to God's covenant with the line of Abraham, mm-hmm. go to Israel first, go to the synagogue first. But then in Christ, there is no Jew or Gentile. There is right, no right. slave or free. There's no male right. or female. So there, I think, I think that's part of the Spirit's design. And then, like, that happens. Timothy circumcised. Then Luke joins the team. Then they, they do have a, a Gentile yeah. poster boy. Yeah. Yeah. And, I th- you know, we don't, we don't see anything of, like, Luke's circumcision um, at all. 
Mm-hmm. There, was, there would be no reason for him to um, get circumcised based off of his even family lineage, mm-hmm. nor do we see that brought up in any of Paul's letters about that. Or Luke himself, being a physician, mentioned it, which he would probably have mentioned that if that happened to to him. It seems it seems like that. Yeah, I mean, the way he notes it with Timothy, it, it's like it's kind of an important thing yeah. that that he that he puts into his 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 writing. So, mm-hmm. um, well, he any any time there's a you know, Luke is the one one of the the gospel writers who we see the most. Uh, detail out of. We also, anytime there is something that is related to a medical or miraculous uh, mm. event, Luke is the one who's mentioning it. Yeah. Uh, he has more miracles recorded. He has more healings recorded than mm. any other gospel. Mm. Um, I think that comes a lot from his physician background. Yeah. And so, yeah. It would definitely probably would be mentioned if that were something that were required of him. Mm. But it, I don't That's think, good. Yeah. Based off of what we have in the text, that that ever happened. No, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, so that, you know, and of course that, the whole thing there, the, the case study from Acts 16 that's really similar to Acts 15, mm-hmm. um, you know, when do you insist on your rights? When do you lay them down? Yeah. Um, you know, Paul insisting on his rights as a Roman citizen at the end of, of Acts 16, uh, Timothy, you know, encouraging Timothy to lay them down at the beginning of Acts chapter 16. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do pick up principles from these chapters about about when to defer, when to to hold the line, to, to insist on our rights. Um, but you know, there is still just a very active dependence upon the Spirit of God to to provide a decision in those moments, and then to to trust that there's been a leading there and and, and go with that, mm-hmm. um, trusting that the Spirit has a design and a plan in in the midst of all of it. Yeah, I I feel like. Like if we're if we're looking at percentages uh, of when to insist on your rights and when to lay down your rights, at least at least from what we're seeing here in the life and ministry of Jesus and the life and ministry of Paul, um, they are laying down their rights like nine times out of ten. Once they're once they're firmly established. Yeah. yeah. Once, once like the once the clear gospel is established, once there's like a, um, once there's a clear pathway for the for belief in the gospel, um, then there's a ton of deference and a ton of laying down those rights. I think where you see people, um, you know, really fight for it, really kind of go to bat for it, it mm-hmm. in, and insist on things, is when um, they're concerned that the gospel is, is at stake, that, mm-hmm. that it might, or that the church is at stake. I think that's the end of, mm-hmm. the end of act 16. It's like, yeah, where would, where would the church be if there wasn't a public exoneration to match the public beating and public imprisonment? Um, yeah. and the, and the people of Philippi were left kind of going like, Oh, okay, well, I guess that's how it went then. That's right. how, uh, but yes, that's, um, that's really good. I think that's, and it requires, um, the fruit of the spirit to make that kind those kinds of decisions sure. and to lay down your rights. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's, um, that I, I just found that encouraging, convicting, challenging, fascinating that, um, the, to pull in Galatians five, what Paul writes in Galatians five mm-hmm. to, to these chapters of acts 15 and 16. So if you have that time in your Bible study, you don't have to read all of Galatians 5, but especially 16 through 25, the second half of that chapter, which is um, what Paul, where Paul talks about the, in contrast, uh, the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. 
And he walks through these different lists of, you know, the, the works of the flesh are evident. And it's all these things like divisions and fits of fits of rage and rivalry and dissensions and all of that. And then the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, and how discernment from the spirit and even when do we lay down our rights and when do we not? Well, if, if we're not being motivated by love, if we're being motivated by division and dissension sure rivalry like that should be this indicator like oh that's that's coming from my flesh that is coming from that is not the, the spirit would not be directing me to make a decision that actually lines up more with the works of the flesh the spirit would right. be directing me to make a decision that lines up with the fruit of the spirit because mm-hmm. it's the same spirit of god yeah um and that 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 is some of this additional criteria that we just need to incorporate into our our own grid when we're wrestling through hard decisions and where the decision itself isn't like overtly sinful or not. Like, like you mentioned, you know, like, uh, the, like who we're around when we're consuming alcoholic beverages, like Mm -hmm. that's you, you have freedom in Christ to do that. You do not need to do that in order to, to experience the fullness of God's salvation in your life. Right. So you, you can, you are free to, and you are free to not, um, those decisions are not overtly sinful choosing about like when to lay that right down or are there are there other moments that you would insist on nope this is the right time to do that i need to do that mm-hmm. um having kind of that grid and going like okay well what's what's the fruit of the spirit here like mm-hmm. what's what what do those nine characteristics of the spirit of god right. mean to, to do? no that's good man yeah the that discernment you know um that discernment is so so necessary and then like the last thing you you hit on as we kind of close out some time here is, is the design, how the spirit is moving. Mm. Um, and just an awareness to that. I think, you know, we've, we've talked about this a lot um, in our podcast, like from like a, from like a tribe standpoint, we are, uh, we're not exactly asking that question a lot. Mm. Like where's the spirit moving? Mm. Um, you know, we, we definitely, we, we lean more towards like truth and knowledge and, um, theology and, and sometimes like less of a, a spirit dependence. Mm-hmm. I think that scares us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't want to be, we don't want to come across as too charismatic or whatever. Sure. Um, but yeah, man, like how do you, Matt, how do you discern the design of what God is doing? How do you, how do you see, I guess, uh, where the spirit is moving. Well, let's, mm-hmm. let's dig into that a little bit. It's a really good question. Um, mostly retroactively. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he was. Uh, yeah. There, there, there uh, was. yeah. I mean, um, yeah, a lot, a lot more, not even all of it, but certainly not all of it. Um, more of it becomes clear in the rearview mirror where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I can see how, and, and usually that, that I guess as I'm thinking about that, it's, it's circumstantial. You kind of look back and you go, okay, I see why maybe that door closed and this one opened. I see why that happened that way. Mm-hmm. And I can then retroactively still rejoice in, in the design of the spirit as it starts to like take shape and form mm-hmm. in the present, right. you know, the past taking form in the present and going, okay, I, I, I recognize that this is going way, way better than, than what I would have planned. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the moment is the is the really hard, the really hard sure. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I think so. You know, 
prayer as a first resort and not as a last resort. Mm. Um, that's part of active dependence and where certainly, I think certainly in, in many of us, in, in some of our, you know, our theological tradition and tribe, um, we believe in prayer kind of <laughs> like ish, you know, like we, we, be, we believe that it, we should be praying. Yeah. yeah. Like no one's going to say no prayer is bad, but functionally it's like, it's like our last resort. It's like when we've exhausted all of our efforts and energies yeah, right, right. and we sought all the counsel from everybody else. And we've like, then, yeah. then we, so after we've read Calvin, yeah, we pray, tack on a little yeah. prayer yeah, right. and, and kind of call that good. Um, where I think active dependence is fasting yeah. Uh, praying, mm-hmm. um, like being, you know, uh, the poverty of spirit, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit like this. Mm-hmm. I desperately need um, God to show up and to lead and guide here. Yeah. And I think in the moments of my life where I've, where I've, you know, certainly not shut my brain off, trying to think through things rationally at the same time, but just kind of submitting plans to God and mm-hmm. saying, God, you know that I'm I'm wanting to do this well. I'm wanting to use my life well. I'm um, I'm wanting to make the right decision that's that's beneficial here. Um, I I often pray. We often pray, John, in elder meetings together here at Liberty Church. We pray what James writes in uh, the James one five. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should pray, and yeah. God will grant it. And we we pray often like. God, we lack the wisdom in and of ourselves to make the right call here. So grant the wisdom that we need to make that. And that's, that is one, one form of what I would, what I'd call an expression of active dependence where it's Mm -hmm. acknowledging, um, Hey, I I do think God has granted some wisdom and the gift of wisdom to people in those kinds of leadership roles. Sure. Um, But praying that way as a first resort and saying, we need you, Holy Spirit, to actually right. guide this conversation in this moment, not just for us to rely on mm-hmm. the, the books we've read and the life experience we've had and the wisdom that we've gained up to this point. But, right. like, all of that's important. Use all of it. But, like, mm-hmm. now, in this moment, yeah. bring apply that. Bring that to bear in this yeah. decision. Mm-hmm. That's how we keep in step with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think there's there's, even for me, like, there's an awareness, like, wanting to... You know, one of the, one of the pray, prayers that I pray, you know, when we're in our community and we're interacting with people you know, on the baseball field, hmm. um, or give me eyes to see where yeah, you're at, give me good. ears to hear what that's you're good. doing, um, picking up on statements, yeah, um, and um, and and opportunities like 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 don't don't assume that things are coincidental, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think so many times, like, hey, like. If I'm if I'm out getting my mail at the same time, or I'm I'm, I'm out in my front yard and I've got a neighbor out there, hmm. like maybe not a coincidence. Yeah, you know, like yeah, that maybe, att- that attentiveness to yeah, yeah. Just, you know, to say hey, how's it going? How are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Like engaging with people. Yeah, um, like an awareness to where the spirit is moving because he's going to give us opportunities. You know, um, he he's not going to necessarily transport you like uh, like fill up in the Ethiopian eunuch, mm-hmm. but um, he might, but you know, probably the situation is going to be a lot more you know easy for us to step into. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we like to talk about a lot is, um, like where are you existing? What are the circles that you're already existing in mm-hmm. where you can be faithfully present in those in those ways? Yeah. So like, just just open your ears a little bit. Like pick up on statements that people are ha- that are they're saying conversations that are happening. 
like eavesdrop. Like mm. that'd be really, it's good. It's good for you to do that, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. like chime in. And um, my wife does this really well and like super impressed with the ways that she picks up on mm. um, conversations. And there's this woman uh, on our baseball team who like tore her knee and is like mm. at home mm. um, and stuck. And she's, she's like, Hey, I'm going to bring her a meal and just have a conversation with yeah, her. That's awesome. Um, and you know, using those as opportunities to leverage like gospel conversations. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, just like just an awareness. I think just having an awareness to yeah. what, where the spirit is moving is something that we should both desire, uh, and pray about, mm-hmm. uh, and then, and then ultimately act on. Yeah. No, that's really, that's really well said. That's really insightful. And that's, I mean, I was, I was struck by that in Philippi and particularly in the jail, you know, how it would be easy. I, it would be easy for me in that situation to kind of feel sidelined. Like Mm. now, like I want to get back to doing ministry, like Mm -hmm. God, get me out of jail so I can get back to doing ministry. You know, like that, this whole idea of, you know, how compartmentalized I I can make my life of like, here's when I'm doing ministry and here's when I'm not doing ministry. When I'm in jail, I'm not doing ministry. And when I'm, yeah, when I'm in jail, I'm thinking not so much. Maybe like I'm going to just rest up for the night and, you know, get them tomorrow. Out of the two of us, (laughs) who's going to jail first? That's that's the next B-side podcast. (laughs) That's the next one. Uh, Live from prison. That's our live from prison (laughs) album. That's our, um, but the, uh, spit on my (laughs) Um. Yeah, I, I think that Jesus saying, you know, go and make disciples as you go. It's as you go, that ongoing as you go attentiveness yeah, yeah. to what God's doing around you. And that's, I mean, there's a there's a need to, you know, what um, what uh, what's his name? Uh, Brother Lawrence used to uh, Brother Lawrence's like little tiny book, practicing the presence of God, mm. and this idea that that even in our own communion with God, our own relationship with God, being not this you know, segmented a couple, you know, a morning or an evening kind of thing, but this regular active awareness of God's presence and work in our lives at all times will also translate to making us attentive and aware to what the spirit's doing around us. Um, So, so even what we would, what we should be doing, what we would desire to do anyway, and to have this deep communion with God in all moments of life um, also leads to discernment from the spirit in individual moments. Cause you're just, you're just, engaged in your relationship with God and therefore what his, what he is doing in the world mm-hmm. in a, in a way that we're not often when we compartmentalize. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Super helpful. Um, yeah, guys. Hey, thanks for, for listening. Thanks for joining us as you are considering all of these things in your, in your Bible study groups this week. If you have any more questions, feel free to send those and we'd be glad to uh, engage with you on those. Yeah. Matt. Yeah. Good good, times. Good to be with you guys today. And uh, Acts 17 will be there next week. Yeah. Do that then. Until then, see you later.